Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy Friday. Ho, ho. Watch out. We got some work for you today. We've got an incredible podcast today. Starting off with, get a load of this, we've got the top law enforcement officer in the state of Arizona, the Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. Yep, he's the guy that wrote that report that I know you've read by now because a lot of people have read it on our site. All the election integrity issues he uncovered, and this is only an interim report. Imagine what his final is going to say. In Maricopa County, Phoenix, the largest metropolis in Arizona. We're talking about 200,000 absentee ballots that were not properly handled, meaning that chain of custody was broken. That's his estimate. We've got one of the most jaw-dropping admissions that the effort put into verifying signatures on ballots was only given five seconds per ballot. Do you think you could verify a signature in five seconds? Of course not. They weren't doing signature verification in a meaningful way, according to the attorney general. And if that doesn't disturb you, he's got something to say about what's about to happen on the border. This is the man that first rule, the first attorney general in the country who said you can literally call what's going on across the border because of Joe Biden's open border policies, an invasion under the constitutional meaning. What a great interview. You are going to want to stay tuned and dial in on this one. You're not going to want to miss it. And then we're going to take you to a real groundbreaking law enforcement official, somebody who goes beyond, by the way, doesn't stop doing this. He rests all the bad guys. He puts them in prison. But then he spent some extra time and innovation on trying to deal with those people while they're in prison to see if he could course correct them, get them off drugs, get them off going back to a life of crime after they're freed from prison, because that's the biggest issue in this crime cycle. Recidivism, so many, 60 70% of criminals, as soon as they get out, they go back to a life of crime. This sheriff has come up with a work training program, an agriculture training program, an advanced learning program, and a STOP, stop a drug rehabilitation program. He has reduced recidivism in the Worcester County, Massachusetts. Yep by a large number. Joining us in the second half of the show, Sheriff Lou Evangelitis here today. His story is inspirational. It is one of the many reasons why you should support the Blue. This is a law and order guy that also figured out you can take the time that people are in prison and make a difference. What a groundbreaker, what an innovator. You're not going to want to miss this show, so check him out right after this. We're going to go to commercial break. First up, Attorney General Mark Bertovich from the great state of Arizona. Think election integrity as you're listening to these messages. 
Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. If you were paying attention to Just the News last night, you might have saw a little bit of a news earthquake coming from Arizona. That's right. The man who made that uh, ripple last night is the attorney general of the great state of Arizona, Mark Burnovich. A big 12-page report showing exactly what he is concerned about, what he's found in the counting of votes, particularly in Maricopa County, the largest um, uh, metropolitan area in all of Arizona. Joining us now to discuss that report, the border and so much more, is the Attorney General himself. General Brnovich, good to have you on today. Thank you, John, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I've been reading this report two or three times. Every time I read it, I pick up another fragment of just how concerned you are about the ability to count these mail-in votes. Arizona's got, what, 80% or more mail-in votes. Tell us what you found in Maricopa County that's so disturbing to you. One of the things, John, I just want to make sure we emphasize is that this is an interim report. This is part of our process. And, you know, I've been a gang prosecutor, federal prosecutor. And so when you're the government, you have to do things the right way. Sometimes people get frustrated because it may not be as quickly as they like. But it's important because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a litigator. I'm a prosecutor. I've literally argued cases at the Supreme Court. So it's important for us to get this right. 
And if you people do go and they read that interim report, they will find very troubling aspects of what happened during the 2020 election. And fundamentally, one of the greatest threats to election security and integrity is mail-in ballots and the handling of mail-in ballots. And don't just take my word for it. Literally, the worst president in history of the United States before Joe Biden, Jimmy Carter, literally said yeah. the same thing, you know, 17 years ago. And it's amazing how now the left and the Democrats don't seem to care about election integrity. So here in our report, we show that when it came to signature verification on the busiest day, I mean, you had hundreds of thousands of ballots where they were trying to verify signatures to the envelopes. And it was essentially used about five seconds on average for verification. And, wow. you know, when you think about it, there's not many things you can do, yet alone verify a signature in that limited amount of time. The other thing that I think really was so troubling for me as a, as a prosecutor is that in 20 percent of, you know, the drop boxes and the handling of these the ballots that were not collected, you know, actually at the polling place, the chain of custody was not followed 20 um, percent of the time. So, you know, literally we're talking of upwards of possibly 200,000 ballots where you did not have the proper wow. chain of custody. And we're talking about the way those ballots were handled and even the signatures of the people that were handling it. And so, you know, part of my frustration has been or is not only in these procedures not being followed, which creates so much potential for abuse, and uh, is that the county supervisors have dragged their feet when it's come to providing us information. I mean, if you read that report, I mean, I don't have civil subpoena power. So we have wow. to like make requests and then they go through their lawyer and sometimes it takes months to get information back. So it is sometimes a process that, you know, we all wish can move a little quicker. But as I said, it's important to get it right. And the last thing just related to this in our report, I want to remind folks that I was the only statewide official when the state Senate uh, subpoenaed records from the Board of Supervisors. I was right. the only official that went into court that supported their right to subpoena records and do their audit. And so I'm a big believer in the separation of powers and a big believer in our constitutional framework. And that means that we have to let the different branches of government do their respective jobs. Yeah, and you know, I talked to a lot of people since this report came out, and there's one word that everyone is using. This is a thoughtful report. It isn't rushed, it isn't political. It is fact-based, but also solution. You're searching for solutions to get this under control. What does Arizona need to do to fix Maricopa County particularly? Well, I think we all know what happened in 2020. And so yeah. it really starts with making sure that we continue to enact common sense election integrity measures. And so we're talking about voter ID laws. Um, we just saw the legislature pass a bill about uh, make, ensuring that only citizens are voting in our elections. We want to make sure that we have limitations in place on these drop boxes that don't have any sort of security. We want right. to make sure that there's consequences, that is penalties, uh, for people that you know don't follow the chain of custody or don't follow the proper election procedures. And you know, we want to make sure that there's, quite frankly, protections for whistleblowers or for people that work for election officials that want to report any sort of uh, misconduct or problems with the way the elections are being conducted. So we want to make sure that everyone, no matter who you are, where you come from, that everyone has faith in the process. And importantly, that there's integrity in the process is that everyone can be confident that when they cast that ballot, that that ballot's going to be counted. It's not going to be not counted. And somebody else that isn't eligible to vote isn't voting in our elections. 
Yeah, so important. Uh, there's a lot of administrative things, a lot of things of holding county officials uh, accountable. Is there, in addition, do you see any criminality? Are you looking at criminal investigations, uh, additional charges? You brought some very important ballot harvesting cases that are uh, caught a lot of people's attention. Uh, do you see some criminality in the work that you've been uncovering? Well, John, in, as a prosecutor, once again, we're so limited legally and ethically, we can say, and right. you know, I was talking to someone this morning, and I reminded them that we we have a dozen criminal cases right now related yep. to the 2020 election, everything from you know ballot harvesting to dead people voting. But I'm limited what I can say. And you know, I've taken on just as an example is I took on the higher education establishment here. I've taken positions positions contrary to the Secretary of State, all right. the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And as a result of that, our office and our lawyers here get rewarded with bar complaints. And so literally, the Secretary of State filed bar complaints against us. The universities filed bar complaints. And I won a case at the state Supreme Court just this week. And I was told you know, by our lawyers that I'm limited what I can say. So think about that. That's what the left does. They demonize and destroy anyone that disagrees with them. And now, literally, when I go to the state Supreme Court and win a case, they're telling me I can't even talk about it. So um, wow. I just I will assure everyone listening, watching that um, I take this stuff very, very seriously. And I understand, you know, as a first generation American whose family lived through communism, when you are the government, you have to do things the right way. I'm not like the clowns in New York where you throw stuff against the wall and then try to find facts and evidence to fi fix it. I am a, a good prosecutor because we're methodical and we do things the right way. And so we do have an ongoing investigation continuing. And, you know, as I always tell folks, it's important to get it right, not fast when you're the government. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, sir. And I think you people have seen what a quality investigation. This report is just really straightforward. No, no politics. In it. It's just a straightforward assessment of what you've learned. I want to flip to the border because you've been a really important cogent voice about what's going on in the border. Title 42 looks like it might be uh, lifted unless the attorneys and generals who sued get that reversed. How big a crisis are we facing? And does this feel like an invasion? If you're in Arizona, does this feel like an invasion coming over your border every day? John, I actually was the first attorney general of the country to issue an opinion saying yes. that what's happening at our southern border constitutes an invasion. And here's the reality. Um, you know, I grew up here in Arizona and I'm actually the, my, my parents lived through World War II and communism. And so I'm a first generation American. I know why people want to come to this country. It's because it's the greatest country in the world and it's the greatest country in the world because we have a constitution and we have a system of rule of law in place. And what we are seeing at our southern border right now is essentially shredding the rule of law. So we've had to sue President Biden over his failure to build the wall over the Remain in Mexico policy. I mean, we literally just won a case um, in, this, in Ohio, we worked right. in Ohio, where we sued over their permanent guidance rules that essentially allow people that have been charged or convicted of crimes to not be deported. I mean, which is contrary to federal law. So the Title 42 is essentially the only thing right now, it's the only tool we have left in our toolbox that is stopping a further catastrophe. Revoking it right now, John, is essentially like throwing gasoline on a three-alarm fire. It's, it's not humane. It is insane. It is unconscionable what the Biden administration is doing because the Title 42 is lifted. I mean, officials within the government are saying they're expecting a surge of more than 500,000 people illegally crossing our border in just uh, one month. I mean, that's unbelievable. 
I mean, when you think about what's going on right now, I mean, as I said, this isn't humane, it's insane, and it's not fair to anyone. It's not fair to the hardworking taxpayers that I was arguing on behalf of just a few weeks back at the U.S. Right. Supreme Court, where I took on the Biden administration over the withdrawal of the public charge rule, where they're trying to give benefits to people that are non-citizens. So they're incentivizing this. And then when I, I as a prosecutor, a gang prosecutor, state chief law enforcement officer, when I see the price of fentanyl falling from $20 a pill in one year to about $5 a pill, I know that means Americans are going to die. Families are going to be torn apart by the flood of methamphetamine and fentanyl coming into this country. And shame on the Biden administration for turning their back on American taxpayers because they apparently care more about Central America than Middle America. It's unbelievable. I think you summed it up. I think a lot of Americans are nodding their head right now when they hear, not humane, it's insane. I think a lot of people are nodding their heads in agreement with you. Sir, it's an honor to have you on. We're watching everything you do. You're setting a, creating a lot of history with your court cases, and we hope to get you back on real soon. Thank you. Will do, John. Thank you so much. Be safe, everybody. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Congressman Jim Jordan here to talk about the latest in the Russia collusion investigation right after this commercial break. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, my family's been in law enforcement for a long time. I'm very proud of all the service my father and my brother did. Uh, and every so often we stumble across an incredible uh, example of how law enforcement is making our life better in no better place than in Worcester County, Massachusetts right now, where the first Republican sheriff in a half century elected office is really making waves by creating a program that puts inmates, people who've been on a cycle of crime, on a path to a cycle of good work, keeping away from crime, breaking the recidivism. Joining us right now from Worcester County is Sheriff Lou Evangelitis. Sheriff, great to have you on the show today. John, it's a real honor to be on with you. You pronounced my name perfectly. You've already started off on an A+. <laughs> uh, thank God for producers. They're awesome. And you, and you pronounce Worcesterite, which obviously you know because you're more local, but that's I know I grew up out in Connecticut, so we used to go to Worcester. I used to play basketball up in Worcester. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, sir. It's a great honor to have you on the show. Tell us what motivated you to put this inmate program together. It is remarkable, and uh, people all across the country talking about it. What motivated you to jump in and do this? Well, John, I'll back up a little. You know, I, I I was a former prosecutor. I was a state attorney down in Dade County, Florida, back in the late '80s when. You know, if you wanted to be a prosecutor, go with a crime was certainly in Dade County, Florida, back in the late 80s. You had a lot of good training. And then I became a prosecutor back home. I moved back to Massachusetts and I served some time in the legislature where I focused a lot on criminal justice issues. So when the position of sheriff opened uh, in Worcester County, there had been a long history perceived, whether true or not, I believe it was true, that there was a lot of just patronage and politics in a very, very important office, you know, representing a million people, 60 towns. Public safety was at stake here. And I felt, you know, we should we should have a department that was more based on you know public safety and professionalism than just, you know, patronage politics. So I ran against the culture of the place. And, and, and I was I was quite confident that the people in this community would be receptive to that. And they were. And part of that professionalism, and public safety is about how do you really make our community safer? I mean, who wants to live in a community where there's crime? Who wants to put a business in a community where there's crime? Who wants to send your children to school where they don't feel safe? So public safety, in my mind, is the essence of a great community. And I felt running for sheriff, I could perhaps help play a part in that role. So when you get elected sheriff, you learn about a large operation and you learn like where you think you can make a big impact. And I thank you for mentioning one of those programs that we implemented. It was the inmate work program. And essentially it's this, we take inmates who are classified in the lowest risk category. So we would not put anyone outside our facility, you know, who would pose a risk to the public, a sexual predator or uh, armed, you know, charges. These are people who are the lower risk offenders. They are, they're in the last part of their term. We give them an opportunity if they wish to avail themselves to it to work, whether it be on the grounds, if there's some classification. We have an organic farm, which I could talk about, where we feed food pantries throughout Amazing. the county. Yeah, but the, the, this one I'm particularly going to focus on is the inmate work programs. This is where we get requests from all over our communities. I mean, every town virtually says we need help. We don't have the money to paint our uh, town hall, clean up our cemeteries before Memorial Day, uh, yard work, you know, construct light construction projects. They need labor and we've got the folks that can do it. So what we do is we partner with them and we bring out supervised crews. We have officers in charge. They will bring a crew of inmates out to a community uh, pretty much five days, uh, pretty much one week at a time. And we will avail, make work 
available to the community that we can do for them free of charge. And I'm going to mention one little story to show some up this program for you, John, because I asked an inmate one day who was working on this program. And, you know, you get occasionally criticized, oh, you're forcing people into labor. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. People are volunteering for this program. If they want to stay inside their cell and in the, you know, in our work release building, they stay there. If they want to go out and give back to the community, we give them that opportunity. Those who avail themselves, John, one day I was asking a crew that was painting a town hall, and I just said to the one of the inmates, how are you doing with this program? And he said to me, Sheriff, he goes, you know, I want to I want to thank you for giving me a chance to be in this program. And I said, well, why? what do you mean? And he said, you know, Sheriff, he goes, you know, he goes, yeah, I asked him about where he grew up. And he said, you know, I grew up in public housing. My, my mother and my grandparents lived in public housing. We were on, you know, public assistance. He goes, I never had a job. I hung out in the neighborhood. I got arrested. I ended up in your place. And you gave me a chance to do this. And, you know, when I come here every day, the officer wakes me up. I get up early. I go to work. I have the people in the community here. They thank me. I'm learning a skill. And he goes, Sheriff, I've never felt this sense of accomplishment and dignity in my life. Wow. And when I get out, I don't want to go back to my old ways. I want to make myself and my family proud. And it made me realize, John, and this is the point, like, there is no dignity in dependence. There's too many politicians out there that want programs that make people dependent on them for power. The real power is when an individual feels a sense of dignity and, 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 uh, and accomplishment. So I want to mention, leave you with this on this program. I always ask my, when I speak to groups that I talk about this wonderful program, I say, name me another government program. Now, John, we have saved $8 million for the communities to do this labor. Save wow. them $8 million. Name another program that saves you millions of dollars and turns people's lives around. And I repeat that. Not spends millions, saves, saves. millions, turns people's lives around. Those are the type of innovative programming we need more of. We sure do. And and there is not just anecdotal evidence of a success. There is uh, statistical significance, statistical data showing the reduction in recidivism when you have a program, uh, an inmate who went through the STOP program. Tell us what your data found on the, uh, the uh, improvement in people not going back to a life in crime after they've been in the STOP program. Yeah, well, you know, the inmate program we talked about, lower recidivist rate, clearly. Our STOP program... This is a substance treatment program where we have, it's the only one of its kind in Massachusetts. It's a six-month intensive treatment program for inmates who are sentenced, who have substance problems, and they want help. You don't let anybody in because if they're not ready, if they're not open to really changing, they're just going to disrupt the class and, and ruin it for everybody. So we, it's almost like a, a graduate school. you got to apply to get in. You get screened by our staff. And those that make it in the program are given an unbelievable treatment program that helps them with behavioral, cognitive behavioral modeling, uh, motivational, uh, you know, ideas, uh, targets their substance uh, order disorders and all that stuff, right. and criminological attitudes. It's a really comprehensive six-month program. It's been written up in the Boston Globe as the best in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And the recidivist rate for people to get through this program, John, are 50% of those who do not go through this program. Very similarly, we have anecdotal and real statistics now on the inmate community program as well. And we have a dog program here. I Maybe I'll get a chance to talk about Please. this. Yeah, well, so when you talk about 
and I love these ideas. I think your audience will find them good because these are, I like to find, especially a Republican, proud Republican here in Massachusetts, you know, I'm very proud of the work we do when it comes to innovative, low-cost programming that's successful. I don't have, and this is a separate issue, but I don't have the budget that my comparable sheriffs have. I'm not going to get into why. Let's just say it's fact that I have tens of millions of dollars less than similarly situated sheriff's departments. But that doesn't mean we can't do the job or do the job better. And I'll give you an example of one. We started a program with dogs. Uh, I always wanted, I was a state representative and we had a needs program, which, which trains dogs to work with like disabled folks, veterans. Yeah. I wanted to bring that program into the jail because there's a lot of evidence that says dog programs can be very helpful to rehabilitate people. But I need, it took me a while to find the right partner. But in our time now here, and my, I've been here 10 years we began a program several years ago where we have a shelter that brings their dogs that have slight behavioral issues. They live in this work release building with inmates. They become blocked, the, the entire block's dogs, basically. So at the end of the day, we found this, John. We, had, we brought in over 104 dogs have come into the program since I've been here. 104 have been adopted, 40% by our own employees. The inmates that work with these dogs have significantly not only improved moods, improved mental health. I've presented this program to Chicago at a mental health conference, but the mental health benefits to the inmates, they bond with an animal, they change as people. And when they get out, their recidivist rate is, again, less than 50% of those that don't. And one of my favorite parts of this story is that not only does this program lead to 104 dogs being adopted, that leads to a safer environment for the correctional staff that work there. The inmates have a better set, uh, rate of lower recidivism and better mental health. It costs me nothing, zero dollars and zero cents. It's amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the shelter brings the dogs. They train our inmates. Uh, we have a local uh, veterinarian that provides free care. So it's essentially a zero-cost program with all these benefits. And that's the type of innovative thinking that I'm so proud to be part of a department that's been doing this now for a decade here in central Massachusetts. Yeah, it's hard to believe you You were elected in 2010. So this has been going on. I mean, it's so unusual because we just went through this whole thing to fund the police. Police are bad. They're callous. They don't care about the people in their community. You're just a, you are living proof of a sheriff that doesn't just arrest the people and get them off the streets because of crime. You're trying to take the time when they're in incarceration, you're dealing with drug addiction and, and mental illness and uh, getting them job training and education and you're bringing down the possibility that, that when they release, when they release, they're going to go back to that life of crime. Uh, we don't hear much in the media talked about this. Are, are other departments starting to jump into your footsteps and follow similar ideas? Oh, yeah, John. I mean, let me be clear on this. I mean, there's an, we all know there's a narrative out there and things don't fit a narrative. Yep. It doesn't get played as heavily. But let's just say that I will be the first to say, as I mentioned with my prosecutorial background, there are some bad people in this world and they need to go to prison and they need to go for a long time. And um, I recognize those folks. And we have a lot of those here today who are pre-trial. They're going to be sentenced, some to long terms, whether they're, you know, uh, violent offenders or, you know, you name it. Um, but there's also a large segment of folks that get sentenced here. Our sentence population is essentially non-felony, two and a half year or less sentences. And they have one thing in common, John, pretty much. They're all going back to the community. And I think all of us want them to successfully return, begin reentry on day one, because if they get out and they succeed, we all win. We have less crime, 
fewer drugs being dealt to our families and our children. We have a safer environment. They are better productive citizens. Their families are better off. We as a community better off. So I think that's that's an important you know part of the criminal justice system that people maybe don't see as much. But I assure you that I guess there's one quote I never forget. I um I, I've had more times than you would believe have inmates come up to me outside when they get out. They approach me on the streets. They come up to me. They reintroduce themselves and they tell me that coming to jail was the best thing that ever happened to them. Isn't and that amazing? You do not hear that, but it's true. Not for everyone. Yeah. Some people don't take advantage of it. They don't avail themselves. But my job is to provide opportunities for people who come here and want to turn their lives around. And there are plenty of people that don't. But we have hard work to do to reach those inmates that do by having the best educators, the best substance counselors, you know, the best correctional staff. We have the highest standards in Massachusetts corrections to work here because we wanted to end a, a perception or culture of patronage. And we wanted it about professionals. We have to have served your country or an associate's degree uh, over my years here to be, be hired here. So um, it's, a, it's a good story. And I believe this is not a partisan issue. This is an issue that the people in this country believe in. Yeah, they do. They do. And they, they want law enforcement to be innovative. And, and you, you you break the mold on this almost every day. I read something, I think I saw it in one of your speeches, that uh, almost, I think about 90% of the inmates that end up coming into your uh, prisons, that they have they have some addiction or illegal drug use that it contributes to, her, to their outcome. You saw the opioid crisis coming. You were right in the middle of it uh, when you were taking over to sheriff. You've done a lot to really not only treat those in prisons that have come in, but to make sure kids in the in the schools don't start down that path. Don't pop that first uh, opioid at a party. Talk a little bit about the face-to-face drug and alcohol prevention program that you've put in and have really touted for throughout, really throughout all of Massachusetts. Well, John, you've, you've done your research, so thank you for uh, for bringing that up because it's a, we have so many programs that I'm not got limited time to talk about. This one I could spend an hour on, but I'll, I bet. You, you, set it up, you set it up perfectly. I had two young daughters when I got elected. They were going through the middle and high schools. I learned very quickly as sheriff that when I talked to these inmates, when I heard their stories, I'll, I'll even give you an example. I Well, I'll, I'll finish with this. Um, I learned that they had the same story and they all started in middle and high school and they believed in the myths about drugs. They didn't know the facts. They believed it wasn't like Oxycontin wasn't a drug. It was medicine that they could quit anytime they wanted. You know, that all these myths about drugs. And I wanted to bring the facts to young people. So I started this program that was interactive. I did it myself. I was a teacher when I was in law school. I went into local schools in Philadelphia and taught constitutional law. Yeah, I loved I loved going in the classroom, and this was my opportunity to bring a sheriff's department into the schools, bring a message, an interactive message, John. I had, I had music part of the program, whether it was Eminem or Lindsay, yeah. Lo, Lindsay Lohan's uh, problems and, and, uh, you know, and, and various uh, celebrities that had had significant problems, trying to reach these young people. At the end, we showed uh, if you couldn't reach them by what it could happen to their life, we showed them what their appearances would look like. We had dozens of photos of people before drug use and after drug use. And we put this program, John, I'm proud to say personally, I went into every school, pretty much every school, middle school, high school in my county, put it in front of 400,000 students to bring that message in. And I will say this to you and your audience, John, I, I know that there are 25% of those students are not going to need that message. And there's right. probably 25% that I will never reach because they don't listen. 
I was trying to reach those 50% in the middle who still were trying to figure out drugs because the message was this, and this is the, the, the final message I want to leave you with on this program. I, I used to, I could speak real fast and I used to say to everybody in the program, I said, I'm going to sum up the life story of every inmate I've met in 15 seconds. And people would, I have somebody with a clock, like, you know, timing me. And my story was, I said, this is the inmate story. I was in middle of high school, started doing drugs, stole from my family. So they kicked me out. I moved in with my friend. I stole from him to feed my addiction. I ended up going across the street, broke into a car, ended up getting arrested. And now I'm in prison. Wow. And that takes about 10 seconds. Now, ironically, I kind of funny, I, I talked to the inmates about that one day and one inmate raised his hand and said, uh, that's not my story, Sheriff. And I said, well, what's your story? He says, I stole from my grandparents. And, and another guy said, I broke into a store downtown. The point being, I just begged, I, what I said to these students, John, when I finished, I said, I pray for you all that your life stories will not be summed up in 15 seconds, but that your life stories will be told in volumes and your choices are a life of drugs and addiction and recovery and, and dark tunnel of, of that, uh, that, you know, that addiction, or you can have a life of success, a family job, serving your, your community and your country. And I just beg them to please consider that when you make these choices, because they matter. They do matter. And the choices you've made as a sheriff is, are just making, everywhere I've talked to about people about this, you have made a significant difference in your community, uh, staying ahead of the scourges that a lot of communities fell behind on and they're trying to catch up on. It really, Sheriff, is a remarkable thing uh, to see. I, like I said, I grew up in a law enforcement family. I know how much work it takes every day to keep your community safe. And you, um, you've really been a shining beacon for how you're innovative in the 21st century. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to take inspiration from hearing this, these stories today, really are. Well, John, thank you. And just remember, I mean, a lot of these drugs we're talking about, I mean, we moved from Oxycontin, you know, when, when I was younger, I remember there was a heroin epidemic yeah. that I thought we'd see again. Now we've seen the, this epidemic go from, you know, Oxycontin, from codeine to Oxycontin, and then yeah. move into heroin, and now you got fentanyl, fentanyl. Yeah. coming across the borders. It's, it's, it's a very dangerous situation. We as a country need to deal with this in a bigger picture and start to really stop you know, educate and also like try to stop the influx of all these dangerous drugs. Fentanyl is killing so many people. And now the mental health on top of it, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, there still is. There's a lot to conquer. But uh, I think uh, others looking in at your community see a real roadmap for innovation. And I, uh, that's why we're so excited to have you on the show today. You're really making a difference, Sheriff. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, John, anytime you'd like. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, my pleasure, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about headlines, a lot of breaking news today. We'll be right back after this. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. 
All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America. That wraps up another week of Just the News and John Solomon Report podcast. So glad you could join us. Man, what a great week of guests. Ron Johnson, Jim Jordan, Mark Burnovich, so many different people. Some you may not have heard of them, but you're probably glad you did now, right? What about Sheriff Lou? What he just told us, Sheriff Lou Evangelitis, what a difference maker, innovative law enforcement official, a Republican law and order guy that also has found a compassionate way to break the cycle of recidivism, of repeat offenders. Uh, that's inspirational. Think about him as you go into this weekend. We're going to be back Sunday with the best of our TV show, a special podcast. We're now doing every Sunday. Got a great lineup. You're not going to want to miss that. And then uh, we'll be back Monday with regular programming. Have a great weekend. May God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has. I hope it's warmer, spring-like. I hope you get to see a flower, too, a little bit of greeting of the grass and trees. Spring is here. It's April. I hope your weekend is as blessed as I hope mine will be with my family. God bless. Good night. We'll talk to you real soon. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. 
So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. 